Hi friends, Owen Locke and Rick Talley here from Locke and Company Distilling. First off, we'd like to thank Sam and Jay at the Unfiltered Podcast for all they do in our industry, community, and more importantly, it's just good to work with great guys like them. Owen and I are Colorado natives. We've spent more than a decade perfecting our Aspenage rye whiskey, and we think it's well worth the wait. Rye whiskey usually isn't for the faint of heart, but we have to say this is hands down some of the smoothest rye on the market. That comes from our 95% rye, 5% barley mash bill and our unique aging process. We age our whiskey in smaller 30 gallon barrels for a minimum of two years. And then we finish the rye by adding hand cut and hand charred aspen discs harvested from our family property outside of Fairplay, Colorado. This artisanal process produces an extremely smooth rye with notes of light brown sugar, cinnamon to balance the spiciness of the rye grain truly delivering a taste like none other. So if you enjoy gold medal winning spirits, want to support small business, and need a gift for the holidays or for yourself, please consider making Lock & Co. Aspenage Rye Whiskey your next purchase. You can find our Aspenage Rye Whiskey at many bars and restaurants and most liquor stores on the front range and throughout Colorado. Check us out at lockandcodistilling.com. That's L-O-C-K-E at lockandcodistilling.com. Cheers from Rick and Owen. everybody to have your minds blown this week because Jay and I were joined by two folks who know as much about beer as anybody in the Denver metro area. Not necessarily about making beer, but about drinking it. Sam Lale, also known as Sam Sly, who's been on the show previously, joined us along with Mike Trinidad. Sam is head of beer and loathing. Mike, head up of downtown craft. I don't want to give away their secrets because this was a really, really fun interview. And to be honest, we cannot wait to be able to have beers in person with these two. We covered a lot of ground. I think it was a really honest conversation about craft beer, not just in Colorado, but across the country. And also just craft spirits, craft food, everything. We had a blast talking to these guys. We hope you'll enjoy it. As always, thank you for the support. We hope you're having a wonderful new year thus far. It was really great to ring in 2021 with these two. And I hope you'll enjoy the show. What do you have rolling on the TV in the background? Stand? Yeah, is that Uncle uh, Buck? Oh my God, I was waiting for one of you guys. Good, yeah, good is. call. Yes, I'm watching. I, little... tell. I watched that movie when I had chicken pox when I was seven. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good movie. It holds up. It holds yeah, up. I bet it does. Oh my God. Um, so uh, the four of us are gonna ju- we're gonna jump into this call here in just a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of introduce everybody here in just a moment. Uh, before we get going, Jay Schrader, uh, I want to say thank you to everybody who has contributed to our 30 Days of Craftsmas Challenge. Uh, only one person mentioned there are 31 days in December. So Brock Harper, go fuck yourself. Okay. Uh, he also happened to be uh, our second place. Didn't player. Brock Har- Harper take second place? Yes, second he place. did. He did. He did. Yeah. And Brock, guy, second place is the first loser. All right. And the guy who took third is right there, right? Sam Sam Lyle Sly. Sam Sly Lyle. Lucky uh, number three. Absolutely. And then uh, the, and the co-host couldn't even figure out how to tag shit because oh. he's got his own personal Facebook <laughs> and the unfiltered Facebook. So every time I spent money, it was money down the drain. Oh my God! Just pour it down. <laughs> uh, shout out to Renee Davis, who is one of our big listeners in Ohio now. She, uh, I mean, I don't know what the she drank a lot of beer over thirty days. I think I got a Twitter post at least twice a day from her at a brewery. Uh, she's a <laughs> she's a Navy vet, so I think she's retired and everything, and just kind of drives around and uh, and does her thing. So shout out to Renee, that was awesome. But everybody, holy shit, thank you so much. Uh, Jay and I will work on getting our packages out. We have to drive around town and pick up a lot of beer from from people and a lot of uh, whiskey. And don't tell the USPS, but. Uh, there's going to be bottles of whiskey in the mail that'll go out to people and Sam Sly. I'll probably have to bring some to you, but we've got, there's a shitload of stuff. Oh my God. that people donated. So uh, much, much appreciated. As always, you can follow Jay and I on all the socials, just unfiltered craft. We are out there Uh, today. We are very, very excited to not only be talking together, Jay, good to see you, buddy. Saw him a week ago. Sorry about last week. 
No, no, I, but I saw you last week. I was borrowing a fan from you. Thank you. An industrial fan as my basement flooded. I hope the new buyers of my house don't listen to this podcast, but uh, I'm assuming they don't. Uh, but we are joined today by, uh, by Sam Sly, Sam Lau, and Mike Trinidad, who are, I would argue, two of the foremost kind of beer bloggers uh, in, in the Denver metro area, uh, folks who are very connected to what is going on in the beer industry. Not in the same way that, I mean, I guess, no, in the same way that Jay and I are, I mean, I think you guys are probably a little bit more professional about it, quite honestly. You, you're, uh, you know, this, you've made a living out of it. Jay and I are kind of doing You don't look professional more than yeah. us necessarily. Yeah. Okay. But I want to, we wanted to bring you guys on and we've been talking about this for a few weeks just to kind of talk about the state of craft beer. Uh, in Colorado and across the country in a way that perhaps none of us could when we're talking to our friends who actually make beer or sell beer and all of that. So uh, if you would please introduce yourself, we'll start with, we'll start with Sam and then go to Mike and tell us who you are and, and why we would even bring you onto this podcast. <laughs> well, uh, again, my name's Sam Sly on the internet. My uh, God-given name is Sam Lale and uh, I run Beer and Loathing. I've been doing this as a beer blog for, shoot, I think this is like year 10 right now, guys. <clears throat> and uh, it started out as just me and a buddy. We would be drinking old style PBRs, hams or whatever at a bar. And we were like, you know what we need is a blog that gives people a beer advocate style rating system for all the shitty mass produced loggers. So we were going to give all these arguably bad beers which we love dearly uh like beautiful photography like star ratings and all this stuff and my my uh co-founder pete he was going to school for web development at the time turns out he didn't like web development so uh, the initial version crashed and burned and i moved to colorado <laughs> and then it became a drunk like a drunk wandering blog and now i do videos i did my own podcast for a while and uh, yeah, I've been in and around the beer industry, worked for Resolute uh, Brewing for a little bit, and uh, hopefully when things go back to normal, I will still be able to work with them. So that is, that is me in a nutshell. I love it. Awesome. And Mike Trinidad, good sir. This is the first time that Jay and I have met you after we know Sam for, Sam for a long time. Would you introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me first off. I no, of course. Of course. And thanks great for debasing you. yourself to us. No, thanks for that mustache. <laughs> I still can't get over it. My God. Oh, well, thanks. I mean, I do, I do what I can. You know, that's really like literally all I can do. Like, cause this does. <laughs> Is that since puberty? Is that you've been working on that since puberty? <laughs> right. I was born like this. You know. <laughs> uh, well, I'm Mike Trinidad. Uh, I go by Trin a lot of times in my videos. I call myself Trin. So feel free to call me Mike. Feel free to call me Trin. Whatever you guys want to call me. Um, just not an asshole. Uh, appreciate that. <laughs> um, the special people, right? So, I mean, you can call me asshole if you know me, and I'm, I'm being an asshole. And call me out. I mean, but for sure. <laughs> uh, but I, I started a, a blog called Mile High Brew Review uh, about five years ago, and my focus was going to be just 100% on beer. I loved craft beer. Uh, I wanted to learn more about it, and I figured what better way than to just kind of like go in and, and just jump in head first. And so I started talking to some breweries. Uh, my first brewery that I ever talked to was actually Three Freaks Brewery out in the, like Lone Tree. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was really cool just to like, I had a cell phone and I was, I was doing my videos with my cell phone and like super, like not super professional at all, but like super amateur, but I was passionate about it. So I was going and I, I did that. I did some interviews with other breweries. I started going to events and kind of showcasing what kind of like what you can kind of expect when you're going to these events that's kind of one of the reasons why i wanted to start the blog was to kind of just show people like you know you're going you're if you're not from colorado let's say for example uh, great american you don't know what great american really is like if you've never really you know been to it and it's a lot of money if you're trying to go out and do like a travel thing and figure out what what is exactly it is you know a lot of beer everybody knows that but you know, there's, there's other stuff, there's paired, there's, there's a whole bunch of other things that are there that you can kind of check out as well. And uh, so I kind of showcase that to those people and kind of give them an idea of what they can expect, why, why they should go to an event or to a city or to a brewery and just kind of showcase, you know, what makes them different, what makes them unique. And so 
I did Mile High Beer Review for a while, and then I kind of expanded it to Downtown Craft. And Downtown Craft is basically the same thing, but uh, I, I talk to restaurants, you know what I mean? And I talk to other local businesses that are, you know, craft oriented and, and, and centered in, you know, making either handcrafted things or, you know, delicious food or delicious beers or ciders or whatever it is, just trying to help support local, you know? So to kind of keep it on you then, Mike, I guess, let's just jump into it. Um, what What is not simply been your experience since March, but those that you're talking to, like what, if you could summarize three, four five points that you have taken from uh, the beginning of COVID to now, what, what have you learned? I guess is what we're saying. Well, I think I've learned that the breweries that are really doing well have adjusted how their business models worked. Yeah. And uh, like the people who like, I know a lot of times places didn't sell to go beer. You know what I mean? And in the past couple of months, you've, you've had to do that. You know what I mean? And otherwise you're, you're not really able to do anything. And um, so seeing all of the industry kind of adjust and, you know, start doing, you know, the takeout stuff. Uh, there's, there's uh, those, those businesses that do the, the beer delivery, like having them kind of flourish during that time because they're helping out the breweries to get their, their beers to people while staying safe during uh, COVID you know, outbreak right now. And so I think that that's very inspiring to see that from the, these breweries, just mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, keep keeping on their toes and just kind of adjusting and, and being agile when they can. Um, and then just, just how different it is really when it comes to like beer, like it's, it's just not the same when you're going to a brewery now um, as a consumer. Like I remember I met up with uh, Sam and, and Andrew and a couple of other people um, just to have a beer, you know what I mean? And hang out. And that was a couple of months. Oh God, like three months ago. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, it, it's crazy that it's so different. Um, you can't really go and hang out with your friends as much and go mm-hmm. out and do those kind of things. You can't, you know, just hang out at a brewery outside and, or inside and chill and, you know, shoot the shit with people because it's like you can only have you know so many people there and that that's very that's like it affects me a lot you know what i mean because it's just like you never really realize how much you did that until it's all gone and you're just like well shit i miss that you know <laughs> it's a sad feeling walking into a brewery right now and and seeing tables and chairs stacked up and pushed out of the way and i mean cleaning fucking supplies everywhere and you just talk to these people these breweries and these owners and, and God bless them, man. They are so happy. They're so excited to still be open and they're doing everything they can to make whatever experience we're having in their brewery, whether it's a five minute pickup or a 15 minute chat while they fill some colors for you. But fuck man, it is depressing to walk into these business establishments where, like you said, Trent, I mean, they were fabric of our lives 10 months ago now. I think that well, yeah, what's um? Yeah, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I mean, Sam, you can jump in here too because we haven't even you know chimed in w- with you. But um, just kind of Jay and I having talked to enough breweries over the last, I would say, six months, it sure feels like. And, and Trent, you can you can go against this. You can agree. Breweries seem to be more prepared to get through this than restaurants, simply because of the overhead. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But my God, at least um, there's a lot of places I would have thought would have closed down right now as, as breweries that just simply haven't. And restaurants are closing left and right. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, what are you hearing, I guess, on the street, uh, Mike, before we have to go over to Sam because he's there lonely, you know, and I, don't, I he needs to talk. He, he's got a voice that needs to be heard. But I mean, what's I your, start, what's your, stop. exactly. What's your read of that? What's your read of that, Mike? I think that um, restaurants honestly have it just as bad as breweries right now. Yeah. The the thing with breweries is that <clears throat> they, I feel like everybody has it bad in a different way, right? Yeah. Like restaurants, like nobody really wants to sit outside and have a meal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, especially if it's dinner, 
like if it's cold like nobody's gonna sit outside your food gets cold like that you know what i mean a beer people will have a beer outside you know what i mean in the cold they'll just wear their jackets and complain about it you know what i mean but they'll enjoy it they'll have a beer over there so um where where it gets the the breweries is like when they have to have the food thing and when they were like sitting there saying for a couple weeks i think it was a week or so or something like that they were saying you had to have a restaurant that was like attached to you basically to yeah. be open yeah and like that kind of stuff is what's killing the breweries and not not being able to have people like the spaces i guess is really also a thing that's really killing both of the industries i think like if you don't have a space outside right now like what are you doing you know what i mean and those are the places as well you you can you plan for that like how could you have planned for something like like what's going on right now like that so i think jay and i have talked about this a lot on the show with with guests it's that, it's that you know in the ways that that maybe our, our dads or you know our uncles would go to a bar and shoot pool the brewery for us and for people like the four of us is our third space it's that space that we go to you know and you grab you know some some, some tacos from the food truck or you shoot some uh ski ball something like that and that's gone right we don't have that third space and so we're kind of stuck in this in this really really weird situation where we don't have this place to go you know we're kind of i don't, I don't want to say stuck home with our families or anything like this but i mean it's 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 a really weird situation i think we've taken for granted i suppose for all of these uh, years that we've been drinking beer but i want to throw it back to sam real quick sam knowing that you were at resolute uh as everything unfolded and you know having seen you a few months ago when you were still there and slinging beers across the, the table just kind of what what i guess during that time what did you take from the beer consumer, I guess? Um, I took that really the overarching thing I was going to say from the get go was uh, the, the sense of community was still really, really strong for craft brewers. Um, the, the ability for people to have like a fan like following for a brewery very much showed, you know, we saw as many of our usual like regulars, um, even when we were selling only to go beer, yeah. they were coming through and coming in and trying to support us as much as they could knowing, you know, I got furloughed for a month before uh, the PPP loans came through and I was able to go back. And, you know, we saw a lot of uh, the people that we like to see coming in and supporting and even people that uh, we didn't know, they just were going around to try and find whatever breweries are in their neighborhoods and uh, going and buying, you know, crawlers or whatever we had available to go to try and support us. So I saw a huge outpouring <clears throat> of just that that community, that that fandom, and that appreciation for craft beer. And uh, you know, you definitely still saw some of the assholes that came in, and clearly were still in 2010, not knowing any idea where they were without any of the proper gear to come into the place. And then they get pissed at us when we said you can't come in. <laughs> but uh, for like every one of those and and yes there, there were plenty of them you know we, we'd be sitting back there grumbling and whatever but for every like one of those people that would come in and give a shit there was at least a handful of people that it seemed like would be like thank you for you know running a tight operation for adhering to the guidelines the government has set up um, you know people wanted a safe place to drink whether they were certain COVID's a hoax. It was real. It's in their backyard. It's creeping underneath their kids' beds. Whatever they actually believed, a lot of people just wanted a place they could drink comfortably. And uh, that was nice. So, um, has, the no has the novelty worn off, though, Sam? I mean, here we are. And I think by my math, now we're almost 10 months. We're probably longer than that, technically. Almost 11 months past the initial quarantine and everything else. Are people over? the goodwill of driving out of their way to a new brewery and buying to go beer just to have something to do and to keep a business open. I mean, can we sustain this for another 11 months or are, are people consumers craft lovers, whether it's beer, whiskey or, or food trend, are we going to consistently maintain these behaviors moving into 2021? I think that's the, so. Uh, uh, Unfortunately, like I, not unfortunate, but for my personal choice, I uh, am now working like a different job full time. And I stepped away from bartending back in October. Um, so I can't 
say from personal experience, if, uh, you know, the, the feeling is, is gone of people going to breweries to buy stuff to go and stuff. So, I mean, that's why I've been pushing things like uh, participating in your guys' 30 days of Craftsmas, just letting people know we need to go do this. Otherwise, to your point, a lot of these breweries and places that we want to be there are not going to be there. I mean, even if it's going to a restaurant, going back to kind of the original question to Mike, we need to go and buy some takeout or, you know, sit outside underneath a heat lamp with a big ass coat on and eat a meal somewhere. We got to do something or these places are going to be gone. And at this point, without any other intervention from our leadership, it's kind of up to us, the consumers to, to prop these places up for as long as we can. So um, I might've gone away from the original question, but mostly like, I, I think the, the, the novelty is there in the right people, but the, the overarching like feeling it's, it, it, we got to remind people, people are burnt out. You know, the, the whole speak of pandemic burnout, I feel like is happening very hard right now. Yeah, I, I actually, I think you make a good point. Reminders are huge. And to that end, I just want to throw out there too. I saw something very interesting um, on one of the socials late last week or maybe over the weekend um, that I think actually came to me second or third hand from Laura over at Factotum. Mm. Um, but a lot of people go sober for the month of January to kind of clean up and dry out after a lot of heavy drinking in December and the holidays. And this this person, I can't remember who it was, um, pointed out that January is like the single hardest month for most of your breweries yeah. and distilleries anyway. So why go yeah. sober? Drink more is what they're saying. So <laughs> I think I think those reminders are good. I, I, I still think pandemic fatigue, quarantine fatigue is probably a legit thing. And, and I, I, for one, am experience it like eight times a day. So Same. I don't know. <laughs> You're not alone there. <laughs> Mike, what's your read on this? Well, I want to throw it over to Mike real quick because I know that what he writes about and you know what he covers is probably more kind of extensive than, than what Shay and I do. What's your read on what people are doing in terms of food consumption? Are they going to that one-off Frank Bonanno restaurant versus a Chili's? Are they willing to spend that extra money? You know, we try to get something like Indian food from a restaurant once or twice a week rather than just Chipotle. Is it are you seeing more of that? Am, are we, am I living in a bubble? Like what's your read of that being where you are in terms of the Metroplex and, and who you're talking to? Well, so I've talked to a couple of restaurants, uh, kind of like in the, I live in Aurora. Okay. And uh, so like I've talked to a couple places in Parker and how they were doing and, and kind of in this area too. And it, from what I've, from what I've heard, like they've, They've got they're they're very very much like uh, breweries in that they've got like Sam was saying staunch supporters mm-hmm. who are constantly going there who are constantly supporting them and buying stuff from them, um, but there are other ones who don't quite have that established base and the new places that are opening up are also worried about how things are going when it comes to you know are people are we able going to have you know people to come in are we going to have to you know when is all this going to change you know what I mean I'm trying to stay ahead of it. So I, I think like personally, I spent, I have been this last year spending more money eating out places and mm-hmm. trying new places that are local yeah. than um, ever yeah. before. And like, I, I was laid off and I was still doing it. You know what I mean? With, with unemployment because like, I still wanted those places to be there. So one of my favorite places of all time uh, was, uh, Euro's place. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Euro's place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that place was so damn good. And they shut down before the pandemic. You know what I mean? And so, like, I had that feeling of losing one of my favorite all-time restaurants before all this even happened. And so, going into it, I was like, I am going to do everything I can to keep the restaurants that I really like, like, funded myself if I can you know what I mean and so like, I, I lived downtown at the time and I would get uh, Spice Room I don't know if you guys have ever been to Spice Room it's a delicious Indian food place okay. might be the best it, I would say it's the best in Denver okay okay I, w- I would go there and I would get like Indian there you food go, tw- people twice a week call them call them tomorrow as soon as you hear this post right yes up. yes do it <laughs> Um, dude, I'm telling you, like tandoori wings, 
amazing um but yeah so i would go there and i'd I'd order from postmates so i could you know help them tip you know the the drivers who were also in need of of, uh assistance and trying to make it you know what i mean and i would go to owlbear and and try and buy stuff from owlbear when they opened up on during this whole thing so it's just like my favorite spots that i i really 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 like those are the ones that i'm kind of like putting all my money into same goes for breweries too so i think that that's Sam hit it right on the, the, the head when he was saying that, because like you don't want to lose those places. And yeah. so you got, you want to do whatever you can. Jay, I don't get to ask you questions very often, but I think it's, it's pertinent to our conversation as a business banker. What, what's your read of everything that's going on as we move into 2021? Oh man, that's a, that's a loaded question. Frankly, um, December was the, uh, was the month of the second PPP. And, and I don't mean um, that it was even announced, right? September or December was, I had people clamoring in my email box and all over the phone, just saying, when are you going to do this? And, and Congress hadn't even passed anything yet. Nothing had been approved. So um, I think December, people starting to round out the books, just, 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 ah, I can't talk. Depending on the business, um, they knew they were heading into a decline and they were already mentally preparing that they needed to borrow more emergency money. So I truly think, um, truly, truly think that businesses are struggling more now than they were in March. Um, at least in March, it was all a shock. It was all a surprise. Now we've had almost a full fucking year. Um, and you still have business owners that don't know where their next, payroll is coming from or whether or not they're going to be able to keep the lights on next month. So I think businesses are going to continue to struggle. Um, It's obviously a a boon. Um, I I see two things as positive right now. Obviously um, Polis's change yesterday to whatever the different color of the rainbow is now. Back to orange. Um, Back to orange. I can't keep up with the colors. Um, Putting, putting people in at 25% is a good thing. Uh, what I thought actually was better than that, frankly, um, depending on who you talk to, was the five-star rating for certain counties, yeah. um, which we experienced up here in Summit. Before the orange level return yesterday, um, and honest to God, you know, 25% capacity under the five-star or under orange, as far as I'm concerned, it's still as good as it should be. So I think there's, I think there's ways that you can work through this that make more sense than others. So um, businesses, the smart ones, they'll be all right. But I still think um, you're going to see a lot of businesses continue to, to either struggle or extend a hand looking for help or, or flat out shut down. Um, there's the, the spot in Fort Collins too, that I've been kind of with a morbid fascination tracking uh, out of the corner of my eye that, um, was supposed to shut down two weeks ago and then just a plea to the community. They raised a ton of money to keep their doors open. And I, I apologize. The name escapes me mentally right now, but um, that's a huge thing in my opinion for a business owner to be able to say, Hey, we need help. We're, we're a place where everybody gathers. Now it's going to take more than a cup of coffee and, and a donut. Uh, we really need a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or whatever. That's huge. Um, but not every owner is able to do that. Not every owner is going to be willing to do that. So um, it's, I think we're going to see a lot of, a lot of continue to see a lot of bad things happen at least through the first quarter, unfortunately. It sure seems that we keep, you know, since we started doing these interviews remotely at the end of March into April, everybody was, was, you know, it's going to get bad. It's going to get bad. It's going to get bad. And for breweries, yeah, it's, it's gotten, it's not great, you know, but um, it's allowed a lot of places like Locavore opened up yesterday and they had some folks in and Resolute, I know the same, I'm sure. And uh, yeah. uh, Low Tree Beer, Brew, uh, Beer Company, a brewing company. Um, so, I mean, that's a plus, but I think, Jay, you're, you're right. This, you know, in Colorado where we are, and I think a lot of the country, these are the hard months. You know, it's January, February, March. And if you can't open up, uh, and, and and get some people who are buying your beer, eating your food over the counter, it's going to get really, really dicey. But I think, you know, to go back to what Mike said and what Jay said, it sucks 
that we're the ones who have to, you know, bear the burden of this, the consumer. It would be nice if we just bailed out these small businesses instead of bailing out fucking American Airlines. And I like I don't want to make this political, but god damn, that's frustrating. Like because it's our friends, right? Like that's the thing. Yeah. Our friends are the ones who are being affected. Um, our, it's not like we're going to fly next year and our flight on American is going to be $117 to New York City. Right? Like it's still going to be, you know, 400 bucks round trip. So that's what's frustrating. So we'll if see. they truly believed in capitalism, they just let those places fail and let new companies rise up. But that's a weird version of capitalism that we run these days. So. Sam, let me ask you, I guess, what's, what's, your, um, what's your understanding and your read of kind of what Polis is doing? Because, again, uh, you <laughs> no, no, I don't mean to put this – no, it's all right. I trust your perspective because I know what you're doing now and what you did with Resolute. You know, you're still working with the same folks, but as in a different capacity and in different yeah. kinds of businesses. What are they saying? You know, what are what are you learning? Oof. Um, to be honest, I've mostly been learning a, a, a new industry. Um, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I I've moved on to uh, basically uh, electric power engineering and marketing that. Um, so engineering services, um, we, we don't talk or at least I, it's, it's at least a big enough company now that I, uh, I don't get to frequently talk with folks that are making the decisions after these, um, you know, changes come into place. Um, I'm, I'm basically back to what I've considered like a normal employee of, all right, so what does this mean for our office capacity? You know, basically everyone's working remote that is that doesn't need like a plotter to print out drawings or something or need 16 screens to do CAD work. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I, I uh, still have some connections that I uh, can at least ask like WTF is going on when, uh, when, when new announcements do come out. And uh, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people. I still have a lot of friends back in Michigan and we all know, I don't know if we all know, but a lot of people probably know that the governor over there is uh, quite a lightning rod. Um, so it's interesting to talk to my friends back home about Governor Whitmer versus Governor Polis. And I think they're both doing similar things in slightly different ways. You know, they're both Democratic governors. And uh, they're taking... The pronunciation it. is libtard. <laughs> I thought it was just snowflake. Okay. So, no, I think the Republicans are now the snowflakes. I think they're the moved, snowflakes now. Yeah, after election day, I think. Because they can't they, let go? Exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. Plenty uh, of but, time, Sam. Plenty of time. I, I, I know. <laughs> sorry. You got to get them in early, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Sink those hooks in early and then yeah. and coast. Yes. But it, with the Polis thing, like, not so much now, but when, when everything first started happening, I always just thought my one critique of, of Governor Polis is his communications were always kind of befuddling, you know? Yeah. Um, and thank fucking yeah. God we had uh, the BA to decipher whatever it is he would say in a press conference and then translate that to what it meant for breweries. Um, and I know restaurants probably went through the same thing, but it was, you know, there were the, they were kind of the archetype for what was going to happen. So breweries were like, well, where the fuck do we stand? We don't have a kitchen. Most of them don't. You know, the ones that did, they're like, aha, we invested right. And the rest of us are like, all right, who's got the food truck list? Let's, let's look this yeah. up right now. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Well, and, and the, not to target or attack Polis specifically, yeah. but I think moving from red to orange actually came as a surprise to a lot of people on mm -hmm. top of everything else. So you've got an industry that is – just getting the shit kicked out of it all of December really bearing down for the worst come January 1st, not to mention, we haven't even talked about this minimum wage went through the roof yeah. on the first, yeah. Yeah. but then all of a sudden Polis starts hinting at shit last week, but everybody from the department of health is like, this doesn't really make sense. This doesn't jive with what we've been saying and what we've been hearing and the results that we've been seeing. So, it's not just, I think, to your point, Sam, a translation specific to brewers. Polis and the messaging is a disaster. Like his communication style across the board is just so unpredictable. And 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 I think he's trying to be supportive of businesses, but at the same time, he's not doesn't seem to have a clear idea or direction on where he's going. Yeah, as like a marketer and you know, that'd be my profession, that's always been my big grievance, is I feel like his 
communication style, his PR style for this instance, at least has been a little cloudy to uh, put. It's it not just the mask either, right? It's, it's <laughs> right? We're not, it's not just the mask. It's, it's muffled, it's, it's, but it's him. Yeah. I don't want to make excuses for him and I'm not here to do that and I'm not here to defend him, but I think across the board and across the country, what this has shown is there is a massive difference between big E economy or big E economics and small E economics. I mean, it's just, you know, oh my God, my 401k is doing great this year, but half my friends have lost, it, lost their business. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that's what's so fucked up. Like yeah. we are in, at least, you know, you guys, I, I, I'm, I'm privileged, honestly. You know, I got a full-time job and as a college professor, all of that. Like, I don't have to worry about it. I also, if I owned a business, my God, even like, again, to go back to Frank Bonanno, I know that dude's sweating a little bit. Like, he's like, there's there's a lot of places that are closing down that he owns. Like, that's, or, or on the verge. And that's, like, that's a little bit scary. And I think that's that's one of those things that this particular pandemic and this particular year, year and a half that we're going through has really shined a light on or shown a light on is the discrepancies between those different versions of the economy and those different mm -hmm. versions of capitalism. And I think Sam, you, you pointed it out, not to be too critical theory uh, esque, but um, yeah, I mean, I think we really, really uh, have shown the weaknesses of capitalism and it's, I don't know if it's going to get fixed, but uh I guess we'll see in Britain as Brexit has has, has officially happened, right? Yeah, it's, it's going to start. The island's going to start floating away. <laughs> Brexit plus, didn't they just lock down the the whole country? For, yeah, they like, did. The, yeah, I mean, Jesus, like, Boris Johnson must not be worried about any kind of re-election issues coming up anytime uh, soon. No, I, think he, <laughs> I think that that ship has sailed. Let's move. Let's close this up. Uh, uh, you know, we got a little bit of time here, but I want to end on a positive note. Mike, bring it back to you. What are some of the most creative things that you've seen since March from restaurants, from breweries, from coffee shops, what have you, from any anybody who does craft that is really, really awesome? What, what I love the like, uh, packages that people have started to do. Like, um, I know restaurants, when it very first started, they would like have a bunch of, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Mod Market, mm -hmm. but they like had all these ingredients. And so they would do like these, and it's hard to find ingredients for food and food inside of the uh, grocery stores. So they had like these baskets of food that they would sell. It was basically like their ingredients that they're going to use. And so they would sell those to people as like, just like a grocery basket. So I thought that was pretty innovative way of kind of like making sure you're, you're, supplies didn't rot you know what i mean yeah yeah. you could still get something out of it and people still needed that stuff they just couldn't find it at like a walmart or king supers or whatever your you know grocery store's name is and so i think that 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 was really innovative and i know that i'm sure that a lot of other places did things like that like just kind of like package deals i know that when um like hapa sushi and some other places did like cocktail deals where they would put like cocktails in jars and they would sell those out i think that was pretty innovative just is that where you did those sake bombs from yes <laughs> 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 yes so it was cool i don't know something about buying booze in a jar is just satisfying so i really enjoyed that and then I grew up in I iowa that's just normal <laughs> that's what they drink and consume. Okay, that's one. Is that what else? Anything else you saw? Yeah, I think that the, um, just everybody's resilience to like kind of shift to more online type stuff, doing Zoom calls and, and doing like you know constant videos about what they're doing and things like that. I feel like marketing as a whole is kind of like increased across the board when it comes to breweries. And uh, I think that that's great. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of breweries don't, didn't really do as much as they could marketing. And then now this has kind of forced them to kind of push everything out and kind of make their own styles and be like, okay, this is, you know, our brand now let's push that and sell that and try and get people in here that way. So um, I just feel like there's, there's a couple of breweries that I've seen that have just like, their style is very, very unique and like they're just pushing uh, cool things like cool videos like something brewery does a lot of really cool videos mm -hmm. um, resolute you guys do a lot of cool videos and I, I love video stuff so anytime I see a cool video I'm like yeah that's that's badass like more brews yeah. need to do that stuff so and it doesn't if you didn't have an online presence going into 2020 you sure shit needed one coming out of it that's yeah. kind of the main takeaway there that I would and, go and nobody gives a fuck about that 
you know, square picture of your beer can either. Like, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I'm like, eh, nobody cares. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get creative, you know, get creative. Yeah. Uh, Sam, you don't get an answer yet. I'm going to throw it to Jay. We're going to mix it up. Jay, what have you seen as we kind of close up 2020 a week into it already? What, I mean, what have, what's impressed you? Uh, you know, I, I, I was being a little negative Nancy earlier, I think kind of devil devil's advocate thinking that people are going to get a little tired of all this. But frankly, uh, I ate out and drank out more between Thanksgiving and today than I have in probably 10 months. Um, and every time I did it, the weather was shitty. It got cold. Something happened. Our kids would start crying. I mean, every fucking time I would look at my wife and say, we're not doing this again. And two or three days later, we did it again. So, uh, you know, I'm surprised really um, at how great or how horrible my short-term memory is. And I mean, whether it's just the simple fact that my kid loves XYZ food truck that just happens to be at ABC Brewery every other Sunday and we just happen to find ourselves there, you know, that's the part that surprises me. Um, the, the hardest part of the year and we're actually getting out more than we ever have. So uh, hopefully – there are more people in Colorado like that. My wife hates my new down pants, but I swear to God, they're going to come in handy at Green Mountain next month when it's fucking eight degrees outside and they're making me sit on the patio again because we go from orange to red to purple. Yeah, I'm so, not going to sit next to Purple, time. if it hits purple, no one's drinking anything. That's just, yeah, we're done. Exactly. Uh, we're just drinking no. straight rubbing alcohol <laughs> at that point. Yeah, you're, you're going to the grocery store and just going to drink peroxide. Oh, my God. Sam Slyo. Oh, sorry. That's the other thing that, sorry, that's the other thing that surprises me, frankly. The, the simple fact, the grocery stores, Target, whatever, are allowed to operate business as usual. Yeah. Um, and, and this has been my most common complaint from the very beginning. You've got fucking families of five, six, eight people at a time roaming the halls at King Supers like it's a carnival. But we're not allowed to sit down and have a beer and a burger inside a restaurant. That that is total bullshit to me, frankly. So that's there's my rant. I Positive note. Down, I'll let it go. Positive note. I look behind you. You've got a wonderful mural. You got a nice picture. <laughs> it's a beautiful painting. I snuck away, man. I can do that. Not everybody can. Oh, that's true. That's true. Sam, what's uh, what's what are your highlights? What are the good things you've seen? Um, I'm gonna stick with as far as good is the uh, banding together of of a community of people that want to see these small businesses survive, um, you know, creatively wise, I'm with Mike, uh, those like bundle deals are pretty awesome. And I am glad a lot of breweries, you know, in, in trying times were able to both flip their business model and lean so hard on marketing. And as a professor of the, uh, of the art form, if you will, I'm sure you've uh, enjoyed watching how some of these, uh, businesses have taken to it. Cause, Shit, dude, I graduated 15 years ago from college now, so yeah. I've seen marketing thrown to the back burner. I've been the item on a budget that's been cut. I know how marketing gets treated sometimes, and uh, I, don't know, I just put a big-ass Facebook post up about I'm trying to oh, not look at like one year as a defining part of anyone's lives, but there's parts in it that change your trajectory, blah, 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 all that uplifting bullshit. But uh, really, it's just, it's nice to see that for once my profession is really <laughs> yeah. being leaned on to uh, get people through it. And, and hopefully people recognize that effort and, and reward these companies that are pushing so hard to make themselves known in a crowded space already. I mean, Colorado was crowded as hell. It's, it's, it's been, you know, elbow to elbow for as long as I've lived here. So, um, I'm just glad to see that it sucks to see people go. And I know there's been breweries that are struggling and going under, but I'm glad it's not as a windfall as I might've suspected at one point. Um, really that's, I think that's my overall like positive is that it's not horrible. And I'm that optimist that it's like, all right, if they've made it this far, hopefully we can keep them going. And like I said, doing like what you guys did with the 30 days of craftsmas just keep reminding people that these businesses need our help. You know, Jay, to your point with the dry January thing, uh, 
uh, I think uh, my friend Dev, she's also goes by Miss Lupulin. She's going with the hashtag drink them dry January. Yeah. That's, That's whose was. post I saw. That's yeah. whose post I saw. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, her, her, uh, honestly, I don't know if they're married or just together, but uh, her, her guy, Josh, I think he was brewing for Locavore. Okay. Maybe now, maybe not. Anyways, long and short is, as someone who's going to be doing dry January uh, <clears throat> after this call, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be promoting like what I see other dry January people saying is go buy merch, gift cards. You can buy bottles and store them. You don't have to buy a pint. You can buy stuff that isn't going to go bad. There are, a, I'm not going to say a million, but there are several hundred ways you could support a brewery and not actually drink alcohol while doing it. So there it is. I'm delivery send it to other people yeah there you go Payback. yeah secret like sam secret drop ship that shit there you go sam j you're turning back on 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 what, on what question. sam and jay and, and michael said i think first and foremost see no but i mean <laughs> these were i've got one that's that's not this but um seeing marketing and marketing with purpose uh you know I've, I've preached the gospel of Betsy Lay and Allison, her partner at, at um, Lady Justice several times. But I mean, what they have done since they opened, but really since they opened their new spot, but now uh, over the last six months, it's just amazing. They're, they're doing fantastic work. They're posting, they're able to show, and I think Sam and I have talked about this quite a, quite a bit, they're taking content and they're using it for multiple purposes, right? They're not overthinking everything. It's not one of those things that you have to take a billion pictures. No, it's you take one picture and you use it 18 different ways. And so, and what they've done for social justice and they continue to continuing to kind of uh, get people to donate and using those proceeds to, to help, uh, you know, women and, and transgendered folks uh, across the country, especially here in Colorado is, is pretty amazing. And they've done it really a lot with their marketing. And, and I know that Allison is obviously behind that. She's the brains behind the marketing, a sticker giant as well, who, which really helped us with the sit beer fest. So shout out to them. So that'd be kind of number one, but I think the mixed packs, I mean, Every fucking mid-sized brewery that we've talked to, Jay, since March, all they had to do is create a box and be able to fill yeah. the box and then put four different beers into it or three different beers. It has saved so many people. I mean – Just fucking duct tape them oh together and put them on the shelf. Tivoli, right? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not blowing smoke up their ass, but like, you know, Tivoli, but, you know, <laughs> if you go, go to – look at Odell. Like, you, they can't keep their mix packs on the fucking – counter uh new belgium yeah. i know that's not a craft brewery or anything like that but even uh, bootstrap uh, did it bootstrap did it yes i mean all, yeah. like that Scott's is god's got a mixed pack. god's got one like if you can just figure out a way to print a box and put different way, beers in there i think that to go back to what all three of you guys have said give that as a gift to somebody who has been drinking coors light or coors original for their entire life they're gonna find something in that they like no matter who makes that that you know that box, there's going to be something in there. I mean, it's that's the beauty of this thing. Uh, my dad just sent me a picture of Big Grove has a mix box now in Iowa City, right? But my dad has been a, a, a Bud Light drinker or a Bush Light drinker his entire life. Big Grove now has a Pilsner. Now he's hooked, right? It's something as, as simple as that. <laughs> and he will, yeah. you know, it's willing. He's willing to spend that extra two bucks. For a, for a 12 pack of a big grove, you know, Pilsner over a, a Coors Light or a Bud Light or a Bush Light. So I think that's, we can do that as consumers. So it makes me, makes me feel good. I don't know if you guys have closing comments. If you do, please do when I ask you to kind of share your socials, but let's give it over to Mike. Mike, where can we find Downtown Craft? Tell us, you know, plug yourself, plug your pluggables, all that stuff. So uh, I would say mostly I'm on YouTube and Instagram. Those are the two main outlets. We do have a website, but we are re redoing everything right now, so that's, that's going to be going down here soon. Uh, so find find us on uh, Instagram, Downtown Craft, and on our YouTube page, which is Downtown Craft. Uh, we haven't had a lot of videos the last month, so we kind of took a month off, but we have a good plan coming up for this next year. we got some cool videos. We're kind of going back to the roots of how we started Mile High Brew Review. I'm bringing that back. We're going to start doing some more beer review stuff, so it should be a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, check us out there. And... Uh, Thanks for supporting local. Just keep supporting local is what I would say. 
Shout out to your uh, your videographer and your your photographer because is that your wife? Is that who it is, or is that, is that you? Are That's you, me. Oh my god, your quality. I mean, there's some quality stuff on your site. And all. Oh. I mean, you guys. Well, thank are, you. That looks awesome, Mike. Like, Mike nice knows his work. way around the camera. Yeah, I appreciate it. That's awesome. Okay, <laughs> Downtown Craft, Mike Trinidad. Awesome. Sam Sly, where can we find you? Uh, beer and loathing, like Guns and Roses. Beer letter N loathing. Uh, some jerks in Ireland have had that beer <laughs> and loathing URL <laughs> since 2000 and fucking whenever. <laughs> so, so if you ever need to design a website around a url come talk to me <laughs> but yeah uh, actually similar to mike we are revamping our website right now and uh previously we were on facebook a lot but we're going to youtube too partly because of uh, what mike has taught me and i need to shout a plug out to uh, something him and i have done on his blog called wingage where we eat okay. some uh wings and stuff and hopefully we'll have plenty of that when things start resembling the life we once knew can you or whatever please, it turns into i don't know whatever can you please make jay and i one of your first in-person uh, return to in-person episodes because <laughs> we will come and eat the shit out of wings oh yeah, yeah. it's always yeah, good to get more opinions good. so i hate wings i hate buffalo wings and i will just to get out of the house i will eat a bucket of wings. <laughs> the real Please. question is will you guys eat a hot wing that i can handle i i really can't no, no i will cry i will cry. <laughs> okay we will cry together chili yeah. <laughs> i can't drink a, a spicy chili beer like it's got to taste like oh, really? green pepper yeah otherwise i start to cry so and that's a great way to end it. Like this is the perfect way to sum up our relationship, Jay Schrader. Uh, uh, you're you're being the the last the less masculine out of the two of us. So, oh man, so much right. Despite your facial hair, um, I've got to prep for a for a twelve hour Zoom meeting tomorrow, guys. So I'll be thinking about you as I do that. So Mike Trinidad, don't use hey, don't put your mic where it is for your twelve hour higher ed zoom call because it just looks I, I just i'm waiting for it to shoot you in the face i would love it if i could figure out a way to it do is that. mildly phallic if well, i'm being it, honest it's all microphones <laughs> right? that's the angle it's coming from <laughs> well i mean it's no it's we had to take it to a dick in your face okay. uh, <laughs> Mike Trinidad downtown craft Sam Sly beer and loathing you two thank you so much for joining us I think this was a really good way to kind of hopefully get us into a brighter more prosperous 2021 so we appreciate you guys cannot wait to have beers together uh, as soon as we're able Definitely. Yeah. Happy, New Year, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, guys. Bye, guys. Take Thanks care. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.